0: Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It's Friday morning and we got a treat for you. We have a treat for you. We have a new, new episode. I told you we're going to be doing 10 episodes or 10 new uh podcasts. Here is number eight for you. And it is a Red Sox edition. We got Mike on. Mike, how are you doing on Friday?
1: What's going on, Bill? Happy Friday to everyone. Uh, thanks for having me on. Excited to be part of uh this new weekly programming. Uh, here at Top Fan Rivalry. Yeah, it's
0: going to be great, man. I I met Mike when we were in Boston. I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. His information about the Red Sox is like mine with the Dodgers. I He just nails it. And we want to give everybody the shot um, to talk some Red Sox baseball on Top Fan Rivalry. A um, couple things we need everybody needs to know. This is obviously, if you're listening to the audio through RSS feed or Spotify or wherever you listen to it, You can also watch us on YouTube. For the first five weeks, they will be on YouTube. After that, they're going to go into the locker room, and you got to get locker room access. So that's just kind of – we'll give you a discount code and everything like that. Mike will give you his discount code. Not a big deal, but five weeks, and then there ain't no Red Sox talking anymore unless you're in the locker room. So, I mean, by that time, things will have thawed. Spring training would have happened, started. Like, life is good. So, anyways. We'll be in the thick of it. Exactly. So Mike, give me a little, give me a little overview for the Sox 2024.
1: Sox 2024 is, uh, you know, the ultimate wait and see game. Uh, (laughs) We had a lot of turnover in the, uh, in the off season as far as upper management goes with Breslow, Craig Breslow coming in as the new GM. Uh, It seems like he's trying to make some moves. Uh, it seems like they're missing on a lot of moves also that they've been rumored with. So, uh, you know, they have a decent farm system, uh, with some, some young prospects, uh, that either by the end of the season, depending on where they are or next year, uh, could be making an impact. Uh, but 2024 is, uh, is going to be a, uh, uh, what do they call it? A bridge year for the uh, Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I like it. Um where in your opinion, where are the Sox strong? Where are they weak in this year?
1: Um, I think that their offense is still gonna be pretty solid. Uh, you had some emerging bats uh last year with uh Abreu and Rafaela. Uh, coming up and making a little bit of an impact, um, you know. Story will be back healthy this year. Knock on wood. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you no know, ACLs and MCLs and ulnar collateral ligaments being damaged in spring training. Um, pitching, well, we'll see how the pitching goes. Uh, if if Bayo can be, uh, you know, actually be Baby Pedro. For I think this is like the fifth or sixth uh time that they've claimed to have Baby Pedro in the uh in the rotation. Uh but you know, solid season last year, I think just under a four ERA around there. Uh they just signed or are, you know, uh made the deal with Pavetta to come back and he's been uh serviceable in whatever role, whether out of the bullpen or out of the rotation. Uh, you have Giolito coming in uh we'll see what that looks like you know uh if he can return to to you know his his first couple seasons with the White Sox return to that form uh you know I think that uh you know they they might be okay this year. I don't think they're winning the division but you know I think that we'll see an improvement from last year.
0: I, I do think they're playoff contenders. I, I but again, all five teams in the AL East are playoff contenders. I mean, Right. Yep. That's that's a very very difficult division. It's not it's not like the either the central divisions where you can win it with 85 wins.
1: Right. Yeah, you have to be uh closer to 92, 93 wins I think to 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 really be a, a contender in the uh in the east AL East and you know I think that they have the ability it's just going to be what shows up on the on the field every day and how you know how injuries go you know I mean we're kind of in that that like I said it's like a wait and see kind of thing mm.
0: yeah it it is the AL East is funny because 85 wins will land you either third or fourth it won't land you yeah. in the bottom but it land you third or fourth where in the in the AL Central 85 wins might win you the division it's right. It's a totally different ballgame. Um. Uh, side note: Did you like the Verdugo trade?
1: Did I like the Verdugo trade? You know what? I I was tired of hearing about Verdugo every day and this <laughs> issue or that issue. So, you know what? New York can have the headache, and uh, happy to have uh, a whole slew of new uh, young arms in the system to try and you know find some diamonds in the rough. So uh-huh. while I'm ha- while I'm sad to see well I guess he's really not the last vestige of the Mookie deal because Connor Wong is still uh on the team and looking like he'll be the starting catcher. So he was in the Mookie deal. Uh he's the last <laughs> the last remaining piece, but Verdugo was the uh the crown jewel of that piece. And you know around here was a uh hopefully it was, was expected to be a bigger deal than he was, but ended up being more of a headache, uh, which yeah. definitely happens. So uh, yeah, I'm not sad that Verdugo's gone. Makes sense. Makes
0: sense. Um, okay. So I guess my final wrap up question, and this is for you listening to this top 10 rivalry followers, this is what you're going to get over the next several weeks. And then once the season starts, watch out, Mike's going to have us like, mind blown um, because I know how he thinks as far as the analytics side is. And, you know, but tell me, what's the one person on the team you love and what's the one person that on the team that, eh, if they weren't there, eh,
1: it's okay. I think the one person on the team I want to love is, oh boy, Tristan Casas. Okay. Uh, I think that he's the kind of player that can really, that Red Sox Nation can really get behind. Uh, you know, he has a personality, maybe an odd one, but uh, I th- I think that that Red Sox fans like somebody with a little bit of a little bit of personality. Manny Ortiz, Pedro. Pedroya, you know, you, you list off these Red Sox legends of the early 2000s and they all, you know, brought their personality uh, to the game, to the team. And I think that that's something that with Devers and Bogarts and, you know, guys that have come since Ortiz left as been the leaders of the team, uh, they're not really expressing uh, a whole lot verbally uh about the team. You know, you don't hear Devers talk every day about what's going on. You didn't hear Xander do that. Uh and I think Casas has that ability to be a voice for the team and the public. So uh I'm excited to see if that holds true. Uh if he's given the platform to do that. You know, this isn't the uh you know, the Patriots where you toe the line and you say nothing. Uh, so, so I want to see Casas, uh, really do well. And I think, uh, the catcher position, I know I already mentioned Connor Wong, uh, is the uh, position that I can probably, uh, do without both of them, Reese McGuire and Connor Wong, uh, I just don't see them as leaders, and again, historically for the Red Sox, the catcher position has always been a leadership position for the team. Fisk, Pena, uh, you know, even Mirabelli, and especially Veritech, Veritech. were all leaders on the field, Uh, and I don't see that from – you know from Wong or Maguire we saw it with Vasquez and then for some reason they decided that he wasn't worth it. I don't really understand that. Uh but you know Christian Vasquez did that uh had control of the pitching staff and uh so you know those are the guys I can do without let's find a catcher that that you know wants to be a leader on the field uh and really has a control of the staff uh so yeah it he- For most baseball
0: peers, they understand this. But for the, I guess, the casual baseball fan, they may not understand. A catcher is paid to be a psychologist and to to control the game on the field. Whatever you get offensively from them is a bonus. Now, obviously, you don't want your catcher hitting, you know, 90. You want him to at least hit close to 200. But anything you can get above... 200 is kind of a bonus because it's not offense is not wins what wins a game it's whether or not your pitching can you can score 5 runs a game but if you give up 6 runs
1: a game you lose a lot of games it's the strategy inside the game yeah it's the it's the part of baseball that people think <laughs> is that people don't understand that leads people to think that baseball is boring yes
0: yes it's the there's the game that everybody's watching and there's the game inside the game and understanding the game inside the game is what... I mean, you go back to the Bronx... Is what, exactly. what makes it
1: great. That's what makes it
0: great. You go back to the Bronx in 2008 and they they had just signed uh, A-Rod and they had all this firepower and everything like that and didn't make the World Series. Right. Well, the next year they went out and got pitching and still had the firepower and then won the 2009 World Series. Like, There's arguments that can be portrayed when the Sox, win the world series, when the, you know, whoever it's, you have to have some pitching behind it. And your catcher is the one that controls your pitching. Mm -hmm. And so the guys just throw, but pitchers are not trained to sit there and think and analyze everything. The catcher puts down a little sign or nowadays just puts it in their hat, which don't get me started on, on that. Like, you know, at at some point we're going to have to take a. uh, 30 minutes siesta in the middle of the game because people are working too hard and we're going to have some type of rule that says everybody needs to play three innings to get one at bat, like literally the way that we're going. But whatever. I mean, don't get me started on that, Mike. I can rant all day on that. <laughs> but, you know, the games are too long. We're going to have to start a uh, runner on second and third um, for the uh, um, uh, for the extra inning games, right? And a pitcher can only throw 100 pitches a week. If he throws more than that, he needs five days rest. I mean, do we start the games with the Little League pledge to at home plate? I trust in God. Mm-hmm. I love my country. Anyway, the old timers time are rolling in their graves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's bad enough when you saw, <laughs> to your point, it's bad enough when you saw Poppy give his his speech when he got elected to the hall of fame and said, was talking about, um, Terry Francona says, keynote poppy's got you. You call me anytime poppy's got you. And they, they, panned the old timers behind them, like Sandy Koufax. And these guys were just rolling their eyes going, this guy's with us now. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Anyways, Mike, it's been a pleasure. Let's do this again next week. Um, Top fan rivalry followers. We're going to have fun with this Red Sox thing. The Red Sox are going to have an exciting uh, season. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, But I can't thank you enough, Mike. I'm so excited to be doing this on a weekly basis with you. And and let's see what kind of uh, tomatoes and eggs we get thrown at us when we're walking down the street.
1: That's right. Well, thanks for having me, Bill. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a a lot of fun. And uh, we will see everybody next week. Yes, we will. Episode two episode two. All right, Mike, have a good one. You as well. Take care, everyone.